to the All About Music podcast, where we will provide the best offerings about the world music in all parts of the world. In this 283rd episode, we will take a deeper look at the history of the heavy metal genre that is widely liked by people in the world. What is the origin of the heavy metal music genre that exists today? So instead of that, stay tuned with us in this episode. Assembly metal is a genre of rock music that developed in the late 1960s and early 1970s largely in the United Kingdom and to a lesser extent in the United States. With roots in blues rock, psychedelic rock, and acid rock, heavy metal bands developed a thick, massive sound characterized by distortion, extended guitar solos, emphatic beats, and loudness. The lyrics and performances are sometimes associated with aggression and machismo in 1968. Three of the genre's most famous pioneers, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath and Deep Purple were founded. Though they came to attract wide audiences, they were often derided by critics. Following the blueprint laid down by Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, Several American bands modified heavy metal into more accessible forms during the 1970s. The raw, sleazy sound and shock rock of Alice Cooper and Kiss the Blues rooted rock of Aerosmith, and the flashy guitar leads and wild party rock of Van Halen. During the mid-1970s, Judas Priest helped spur the genre's evolution by discarding much of its blues influence while Motorhead introduced a punk rock sensibility and an increasing emphasis on speed. Beginning in the late 1970s, bands in the new wave of British heavy metal such as Iron Maiden and Saxon followed in a similar vein. By the end of the decade, heavy metal fans became known as metalheads or headbangers. During the 1980s glam metal became popular with groups such as Bon Jovi and Motley Crue. Underground scenes produced an array of more aggressive styles. Thrash metal broke into the mainstream with bands such as Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, while other extreme subgenres such as death metal and black metal remain subcultural phenomena. Since the mid-1990s, popular styles have expanded the definition of the genre. These include groove metal and new metal, the latter of which often incorporates elements of grunge and hip-hop. Heavy metal's quintessential guitar style, built around distortion, heavy riffs and power chords, traces its roots to early 1950s Memphis blues guitarists such as Joe Hill Lewis, Willie Johnson, and particularly Pat Hare, who captured a grittier, nastier, more ferocious electric guitar sound on records such as James Cotton's Cotton Crop Blues 1954. The late 1950s instrumentals of Link Ray, particularly Rumble, 1958, the early 1960s surf rock of Dick Dale, including Let's Go Trippin', 1961, and Miserloo, 1962, and the Kingsman's version of Louie Louie, 1963, which made it a garage rock standard. However, the genre's direct lineage begins in the mid 1960s. American blues music was a major influence on the early British rockers of the era. Bands like the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds developed blues rock by recording covers of classic blues songs, often speeding up the tempos. 
as they experimented with the music the UK blues-based bands and the US acts they influenced in turn developed what would become the hallmarks of heavy metal. In particular, the loud, distorted guitar sound. The Kinks played a major role in popularizing this sound with their 1964 hit You Really Got Me. In addition to the Kinks' Dave Davies, other guitarists such as the Who's Pete Townsend and the Yardbirds Jeff Beck were experimenting with feedback. Where the blues rock drumming style started out largely as simple shuffle beats on small kits, drummers began using a more muscular, complex, and amplified approach to match and be heard against the increasingly loud guitar. Vocalists similarly modified their technique and increased their reliance on amplification often becoming more stylized and dramatic, in terms of sheer volume, especially in live performance. The Who's Bigger Louder Wall of Marshalls approach was seminal to the development of the later heavy metal sound. The combination of blues rock with psychedelic rock and acid rock formed much of the original basis for heavy metal. The variant or subgenre of psychedelic rock often known as acid rock was particularly influential on heavy metal. Acid rock is often defined as a heavier, louder, or harder variant of psychedelic rock or the more extreme side of the psychedelic rock genre frequently containing a loud, improvised, and heavily distorted guitar-centered sound. Acid rock has been described as psychedelic rock at its rawest and most intense, emphasizing the heavier qualities associated with both the positive and negative extremes of the psychedelic experience rather than only the idyllic side of psychedelia. American acid rock garage bands such as the 13th Floor Elevators epitomize the frenetic, heavier, darker and more psychotic sound of acid rock, a sound characterized by droning guitar riffs amplified feedback and guitar distortion, while the 13th floor elevator's sound in particular featured yelping vocals on occasionally demented lyrics. Frank Hoffman notes that, psychedelia was sometimes referred to as acid rock. The latter label was applied to a pounding, hard rock variant that evolved out of the mid-1960s garage punk movement. Dot dot dot. When rock began turning back to softer, roots-oriented sounds in late 1968, acid rock bands mutated into heavy metal acts. One of the most influential bands in forging the merger of psychedelic rock and acid rock with the blues rock genre was the British power trio Cream, who derived a massive, heavy sound from unison riffing between guitarist Eric Clapton and bassist Jack Bruce, as well as Ginger Baker's double bass drumming. Their first two LPs, Fresh Cream, 1966 and Disraeli Gears, 1967, are regarded as essential prototypes for the future style of heavy metal. The Jimi Hendrix Experience's debut album Are You Experienced 1967 was also highly influential. Hendrix's virtuosic technique would be emulated by many metal guitarists in the album's most successful single Purple Haze is identified by some as the first heavy metal hit, Vanilla Fudge, whose first album also came out in 1967, has been called one of the few American links between psychedelia and what soon became heavy metal, and the band has been cited as an early American heavy metal group. On their self-titled debut album, Vanilla Fudge created loud, heavy, slowed-down arrangements of contemporary hit songs blowing these songs up to epic proportions and bathing them in a trippy, 
distorted haze. During the late 1960s many psychedelic singers, such as Arthur Brown, began to create outlandish theatrical and often macabre performances, which in itself became incredibly influential to many metal acts. The American psychedelic rock band Coven, who opened for early heavy metal influencers such as Vanilla Fudge and the Yardbirds, portrayed themselves as practitioners of witchcraft or black magic, using dark satanic or occult imagery in their lyrics, album art, and live performances. Live shows consisted of elaborate, theatrical, satanic rites. Coven's 1969 debut album, Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Reaps Souls, featured imagery of skulls, black masses, inverted crosses, and Satan worship. And both the album artwork and the band's live performances marked the first appearances in rock music of the Sign of the Horns, which would later become an important gesture in heavy metal culture. At the same time in England, the band Black Widow were also among the first psychedelic rock bands to use occult and satanic imagery and lyrics. Though both Black Widow and Coven's lyrical and thematic influences on heavy metal were quickly overshadowed by the darker and heavier sounds of Black Sabbath, critics disagree over who can be thought of as the first heavy metal band. Most credit either Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath with American commentators tending to favor Led Zeppelin and British commentators tending to favor Black Sabbath, though many give equal credit to both. Deep Purple, the third band in what is sometimes considered the unholy trinity of heavy metal, despite being slightly older than Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, fluctuated between many rock styles until late 1969 when they took a heavy metal direction. A few commentators mainly American argue for other groups including Iron Butterfly, Steppenwolf or Blue Cheer as the first to play heavy metal. In 1968, the sound that would become known as heavy metal began to coalesce. That January, the San Francisco band Blue Cheer released a cover of Eddie Cochran's classic Summertime Blues from their debut album Vinci Basiruptum that many consider the first true heavy metal recording. The same month, Steppenwolf released its self-titled debut album, including Born to be Wild, which refers to heavy metal thunder in describing a motorcycle. In July, the Jeff Beck group, whose leader had preceded Page as the Yardbirds guitarist, released its debut record. Truth featured some of the most molten, barbed, downright funny noises of all time, breaking ground for generations of metal axe slingers. In September, Page's new band, Led Zeppelin, made its live debut in Denmark billed as the New Yardbirds. The Beatles' White Album, released the following month, included Helter Skelter, then one of the heaviest sounding songs ever released by a major band. The Pretty Things rock opera SF Sorrow, released in December, featured proto-heavy metal songs such as Old Man Going and I See You. Iron Butterfly's 1968 song In Da is sometimes described as an example of the transition between acid rock and heavy metal or the turning point in which acid rock became heavy metal. And both Iron Butterfly's 1968 album In Da and Blue Cheer's 1968 album Vinci Basiruptum have been described as laying the foundation of heavy metal and greatly influential in the transformation of acid rock into heavy metal. In this counterculture period MC5, who began as part of the Detroit garage rock scene, 
developed a raw distorted style that has been seen as a major influence on the future sound of both heavy metal and later punk music. The Stooges also began to establish an influence a heavy metal and later punk sound with songs such as I Wanna Be Your Dog, featuring pounding and distorted heavy guitar power chord riffs. Pink Floyd released two of their heaviest and loudest songs to date, Ibiza Bar, and The Nile Song, which was regarded as one of the heaviest songs the band recorded. King Crimson's debut album started with 21st century schizoid man, which was considered heavy metal by several critics. A color photograph of the four members of Led Zeppelin performing on stage, with some other figures visible in the background. The band members shown are, from left to right, the bassist, drummer, guitarist, and lead singer. Large guitar speaker stacks are behind the band members. On the other side of the Atlantic, the trend-setting group was Grand Funk Railroad. Described as the most commercially successful American heavy metal band from 1970 until they disbanded in 1976, they established the 70s success formula, continuous touring. Other influential bands identified with metal emerged in the U.S., such as Sir Lord Baltimore Kingdom Come, 1970, Blue Oyster Cult, Blue Oyster Cult, 1972, Aerosmith, Aerosmith, 1973, and Kiss Kiss, 1974. Sir Lord Baltimore's 1970 debut album and both Humble Pie's debut and self-titled third album were all among the first albums to be described in print as heavy metal with as safe as yesterday as being referred to by the term heavy metal in a 1970 review in Rolling Stone magazine. Various smaller bands from the US, UK, and continental Europe, including Bang, Josephus, Leafhound, Primeville, Hard Stuff, Truth and Janie Dust, JPT Scare Band, Frigid Pink, Cactus Mablets, Captain Beyond, Toad, Granicus, Iron Claw, and Yesterday's Children though lesser known outside of their respective scenes proved to be greatly influential on the emerging metal movement. In Germany, Scorpions debuted with Lonesome Crow in 1972. Blackmore, who had emerged as a virtuoso soloist with Deep Purple's highly influential album Machine Head, 1972, left the band in 1975 to form Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio singer and bassist for blues rock band Elf and future vocalist for Black Sabbath and heavy metal band Dio. Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio would expand on the mystical and fantasy-based lyrics and themes sometimes found in heavy metal, pioneering both power metal and neoclassical metal. These bands also built audiences via constant touring and increasingly elaborate stage shows. As described above, there are arguments about whether these and other early bands truly qualify as heavy metal or simply as hard rock. Those closer to the music's blues roots are placing greater emphasis on melody are now commonly ascribed the latter label. ACDC, which debuted with High Voltage in 1975, is a prime example. The 1983 Rolling Stone Encyclopedia entry begins Australian heavy metal band ACDC. Rock historian Clinton Walker writes, Calling ACDC a heavy metal band in the 70s was as inaccurate as it is today. Dot dot dot, they were a rock and roll band that just happened to be heavy enough for metal. 
The issue is not only one of shifting definitions but also a persistent distinction between musical style and audience identification. Ian Christie describes how the band became the stepping stone that led huge numbers of hard rock fans into heavy metal perdition. first generation of metal bands was seeding the limelight. Deep Purple broke up soon after Blackmore's departure in 1975, and Led Zeppelin split following drummer John Bonham's death in 1980. Black Sabbath were plagued with infighting and substance abuse while facing fierce competition from their opening band, Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen established himself as one of the leading metal guitarists of the era. His solo on Eruption from the band's self-titled 1978 album is considered a milestone. Eddie Van Halen sound even crossed over into pop music when his guitar solo was featured on the track Beat It by Michael Jackson, a U.S. number one in February 1983. Inspired by Van Halen's success, a metal scene began to develop in Southern California during the late 1970s. Based on the clubs of LA's Sunset Strip bands such as Motley Crue, Quiet Riot, Rat, and WASP were influenced by traditional heavy metal of the 1970s. These acts incorporated the Theatrix and sometimes make up to glam metal or hair metal, such as Alice Cooper and Kiss. Glam metal bands were often visually distinguished by long, overworked hairstyles accompanied by wardrobes which were sometimes considered cross-gender. The lyrics of these glam metal bands characteristically emphasized hedonism and wild behavior, including lyrics which involved sexual expletives and the use of narcotics. In the wake of the new wave of British heavy metal and Judas Priest's breakthrough British Steel, 1980, heavy metal became increasingly popular in the early 1980s. Many metal artists benefited from the exposure they received on MTV, which began airing in 1981. Sales often soared if the band's videos screened on the channel. Def Leppard's videos for Pyromania, 1983, made them superstars in America and Quiet Riot became the first domestic heavy metal band to top the Billboard chart with Metal Health, 1983. One of the seminal events in metal's growing popularity was the 1983 U.S. Festival in California, where the Heavy Metal Day, featuring Ozzy Osbourne, Van Halen, Scorpions, Motley Crue, Judas Priest, and others drew the largest audiences of the three-day event. Between 1983 and 1984, Heavy Metal went from an 8% to a 20% share of all recordings sold in the U.S. Several major professional magazines devoted to the genre were launched, including Kerrang! in 1981, and Metal Hammer in 1984, as well as a host of fan journals. In 1985, Billboard declared, Metal has broadened its audience base. Metal music is no longer the exclusive domain of male teenagers. The metal audience has become older, college-age, younger, preteen, and more female. By the mid-1980s, glam metal was a dominant presence on the U.S. charts, music, television, and the arena concert circuit. New bands such as L.A.'s Warren and acts from the East Coast like Poison and Cinderella became major draws while Motley Crue and Rat remained very popular. 
bridging the stylistic gap between hard rock and glam metal, New Jersey's Bon Jovi became enormously successful with its third album, Slippery When Wet 1986. The similarly styled Swedish band Europe became international stars with the final countdown, 1986. Its title track hit number one in 25 countries. In 1987, MTV launched a show, Headbangers Ball, devoted exclusively to heavy metal videos. However, the metal audience had begun to factionalize, with those in many underground metal scenes favoring more extreme sounds and disparaging the popular stylized light metal or hair metal. One band that reached diverse audiences was Guns N' Roses. In contrast to their glam metal contemporaries in LA, they were seen as much more raw and dangerous. With the release of their chart-topping Appetite for Destruction, 1987, they recharged and almost single-handedly sustained the Sunset Strip sleaze system for several years. The following year, Jane's Addiction emerged from the same LA hard rock club scene with its major label debut, Nothing's Shocking. Reviewing the album, Rolling Stone declared, as much as any band in existence, Jane's Addiction is the true heir to Led Zeppelin. The group was one of the first to be identified with the alternative metal trend that would come to the fore in the next decade. Meanwhile, new bands like New York City's Winger and New Jersey's Skid Row sustained the popularity of the glam metal style. Many subgenres of heavy metal developed outside of the commercial mainstream during the 1980s such as crossover thrash. Several attempts have been made to map the complex world of underground metal, most notably by the editors of All Music, as well as critic Gary Sharp Young. Sharp Young's multi-volume metal encyclopedia separates the underground into five major categories thrash metal death metal, black metal, power metal, and the related subgenres of doom and gothic metal. In 1990, a review in Rolling Stone suggested retiring the term heavy metal as the genre was ridiculously vague. The article stated that the term only fueled misperceptions of rock and roll bigots who still assume that five bands as different as Rat, Extreme, Anthrax, Danzig, and Mother Love Bone sound the same. Thrash metal emerged in the early 1980s under the influence of hardcore punk and the new wave of British heavy metal, particularly songs in the revved-up style known as speed metal. The movement began in the United States with Bay Area thrash metal being the leading scene. The sound developed by thrash groups was faster and more aggressive than that of the original metal bands and their glam metal successors. Low-register guitar riffs are typically overlaid with shredding leads. Lyrics often express nihilistic views or deal with social issues using visceral, gory language. Thrash has been described as a form of urban blight music and a pale-faced cousin of rap. The subgenre was popularized by the big four of Thrash Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer. Three German bands Creator, Sodom, and Destruction played a central role in bringing the style to Europe. Others, including San Francisco Bay Area's Testament and Exodus, New Jersey's Overkill, and Brazil's Sepultura and Sarcofago, also had a significant impact. Although Thrash began as an underground movement and remained largely that for almost a decade, the leading bands of the scene began to reach a wider audience. 
Metallica brought the sound into the top 40 of the Billboard album chart in 1986 with Master of Puppets, the genre's first platinum record. Two years later, the band's Injustice for All hit number 6 while Megadeth and Anthrax also had top 40 records on the American charts. Though less commercially successful than the rest of the Big Four, Slayer released one of the genre's definitive records, Rain and Blood, 1986 was credited for incorporating heavier guitar timbers, and for including explicit depictions of death, suffering, violence and occult into thrash metal's lyricism. Slayer attracted a following among far-right skinheads, and accusations of promoting violence and Nazi themes have dogged the band. Even though Slayer did not receive substantial media exposure, their music played a key role in the development of extreme metal. In the early 1990s thrash achieved breakout success challenging and redefining the metal mainstream. Metallica's self-titled 1991 album topped the Billboard chart as the band established international following. Megadeth's Countdown to Extinction 1992, debuted at number 2. Anthrax and Slayer cracked the top 10, and albums by regional bands such as Testament and Sepultura entered the top 100. The first wave of black metal emerged in Europe in the early and mid-1980s led by the United Kingdom's Venom, Denmark's Merciful Fate, Switzerland's Hellhammer and Celtic Frost, and Sweden's Batori. By the late 1980s, Norwegian bands such as Mayhem and Burzum were heading a second wave. Black metal varies considerably in style and production quality, although most bands emphasize shrieked and growled vocals. Highly distorted guitars frequently played with rapid tremolo picking, a dark atmosphere and intentionally lo-fi production, often with ambient noise and background hiss. The satanic themes are common in black metal, though many bands take inspiration from ancient paganism, promoting a return to supposed pre-Christian values. By 1992, black metal scenes had begun to emerge in areas outside Scandinavia, including Germany, France, and Poland. The 1993 murder of Mayhem's Hieronymus by Burzum's Varg Vigerness provoked intensive media coverage. Around 1996, when many in the scene felt the genre was stagnating, several key bands including Burzum and Finland's Beherit, moved toward an ambient style, while symphonic black metal was explored by Sweden's Tiamat and Switzerland's Samael. In the late 1990s and early 2000s decade, Norway's Demu Borgir brought black metal closer to the mainstream, as did Cradle of Filth. During the late 1980s, the power metal scene came together largely in reaction to the harshness of death in black metal. Though a relatively underground style in North America, it enjoys wide popularity in Europe, Japan, and South America. Power metal focuses on upbeat, epic melodies and themes that appeal to the listener's sense of valor and loveliness. The prototype for the sound was established in the mid to late 1980s by Germany's Halloween, which in their 1987 and 1988 Keeper of the Seven Keys albums combined the power riffs melodic approach 
and high-pitched clean singing style of bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden with thrash's speed and energy, crystallizing the sonic ingredients of what is now known as power metal. Traditional power metal bands like Sweden's Hammerfall, England's Dragonforce, and America's Iced Earth have a sound clearly indebted to the classic NWOBHM style. Many power metal bands such as America's Camelot, Finnish Group's Nightwish, Stradivarius and Sonata Arctica, Italy's Rhapsody of Fire, and Russia's Catharsis feature a keyboard-based, symphonic sound, sometimes employing orchestras and opera singers. Power metal has built a strong fan base in Japan and South America, where bands like Brazil's Angria and Argentina's Rata Blanca are popular. Closely related to power metal is progressive metal, which adopts the complex compositional approach of bands like Russian King Crimson. This style emerged in the United States in the early and mid-1980s with innovators such as Queensryche, Fate's Warning, and Dream Theater. The mix of the progressive and power metal sounds is typified by New Jersey's Symphony X, whose guitarist Michael Romeo is among the most recognized of Latter-day Shredders. Emerging in the mid-1980s with such bands as California's St. Vitus, Maryland's The Obsessed, Chicago's Trouble, and Sweden's Candle Mess, the doom metal movement rejected other metal styles' emphasis on speed, slowing its music to a crawl. Doom metal traces its roots to the lyrical themes and musical approach of early Black Sabbath. The Melvins have also been a significant influence on doom metal in a number of its subgenres. Doom emphasizes melody, melancholy tempos, and a sepulchral mood relative to many other varieties of metal. The 1991 release of Forest of Equilibrium, the debut album by UK band Cathedral, helped spark a new wave of doom metal. During the same period, the doom death fusion style of British bands Paradise Lost My Dying Bride and Anathema gave rise to European Gothic metal. With its signature dual vocalist arrangements, exemplified by Norway's Theatre of Tragedy in Tristania, New York's Typo Negative introduced an American take on the style. In the United States, sludge metal, mixing doom and hardcore, emerged in the late 1980s. I Hate God and Crowbar were leaders in a major Louisiana sludge scene. Early in the next decade, California's Caius and Sleep. Inspired by the earlier doom metal bands, spearheaded the rise of stoner metal, while Seattle's Earth helped develop the drone metal subgenre. The late 1990s saw new bands formed such as the Los Angeles-based Goatsnake, with a classic stoner, doom sound, and Sunno, which crosses lines between doom, drone, and dark ambient metal. New York Times has compared their sound to an Indian raga in the middle of an earthquake. The era of heavy metal's mainstream dominance in North America came to an end in the early 1990s with the emergence of Nirvana and other grunge bands. Signaling the popular breakthrough of alternative rock, grunge acts were influenced by the heavy metal sound but rejected the excesses of the more popular metal bands, such as their flashy and virtuosic solos and appearance-driven MTV orientation. Glam metal fell out of favor due not only to the success of grunge, but also because of the growing popularity of the more aggressive sound typified by Metallica and the post-rash groove metal of Pantera and White Zombie. 
1991, the band Metallica released their album Metallica, also known as the Black Album, which moved the band's sound out of the thrash metal genre and into standard heavy metal. The album was certified 16 times platinum by the RIA. A few new, unambiguously metal bands had commercial success during the first half of the decade. Pantera's Far Beyond Driven topped the Billboard chart in 1994 but in the dull eyes of the mainstream. Metal was dead, some bands tried to adapt to the new musical landscape. Metallica revamped its image, the band members cut their hair in, in 1996. Headlined the alternative musical festival Lollapalooza founded by Jane's addiction singer Perry Farrell. While this prompted a backlash among some longtime fans, Metallica remained one of the most successful bands in the world into the new century. In the mid and late 1990s came a new wave of U.S. metal groups inspired by the alternative metal bands and their mix of genres. Dubbed new metal, bands such as Slipknot, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach, P.O.D. Korn and Disturbed incorporated elements ranging from death metal to hip-hop, often including DJs and rap-style vocals. The mix demonstrated that pan-cultural metal could pay off. New metal gained mainstream success throughout heavy MTV rotation and Ozzy Osbourne's 1996 introduction of Ozfest, which led the media to talk of a resurgence of heavy metal. In 1999, Billboard noted that there were more than 500 specialty metal radio shows in the United States, nearly three times as many as ten years before. While new metal was widely popular, traditional metal fans did not fully embrace the style. By early 2003, the movement's popularity was on the wane. Though several new metal acts such as Korn or Limp Bizkit retained substantial followings. Evolving even further from metalcore comes mathcore, a more rhythmically complicated and progressive style brought to light by bands such as the Dillinger Escape Plan, Converge and Protest the Hero. Mathcore's main defining quality is the use of odd time signatures and has been described to possess rhythmic comparability to free jazz. Heavy metal remained popular in the 2000s, particularly in continental Europe. By the new millennium Scandinavia had emerged as one of the areas producing innovative and successful bands while Belgium, the Netherlands and especially Germany were the most significant markets. Metal music is more favorably embraced in Scandinavia and Northern Europe than other regions due to social and political openness in these regions. Established continental metal bands that placed multiple albums in the top 20 of the German charts between 2003 and 2008, including Finnish band Children of Bodom, Norwegian act Dimmu Borgir, Germany's Blind Guardian and Sweden's Hammerfall. In the 2000s, an extreme metal fusion genre known as deathcore emerged. Deathcore incorporates elements of death metal, hardcore punk and metalcore. Deathcore features characteristics such as death metal riffs, hardcore punk breakdowns, death growling, pig squeal, sounding vocals and screaming. Deathcore bands include Whitechapel, Suicide Silence, Despised Icon and Carnifex. The term retro metal has been used to describe bands such as Texas-based The Sword, California's High on Fire, Sweden's Witchcraft, 
and Australia's wolf mother the sword's age of winters 2006 drew heavily on the work of Black Sabbath and Pentagram, witchcraft added elements of folk rock and psychedelic rock. And Wolf Mother's self-titled 2005 debut album had a deep purplish organs and Jimmy Page-worthy chordal riffing. Mastodon, which plays in a progressive, sludge style, has inspired claims of a metal revival in the United States dubbed by some critics the new wave of American heavy metal. By the early 2010s, metalcore was evolving to more frequently incorporate synthesizers and elements from genres beyond rock and metal. The album Reckless and Relentless by British band Asking Alexandria, which sold 31,000 copies in its first week. And The Devil Wears Prada's 2011 album Dead Throne, which sold 32,400 in its first week, reached up to number 9 and 10, respectively, on the Billboard 200 chart. In 2013, British band Bring Me The Horizon released their fourth studio album Sempaternal to critical acclaim. The album debuted at number 3 on the UK album chart and at number 1 in Australia. The album sold 27,522 copies in the US and charted at number 11 on the US Billboard chart, making it their highest charting release in America until their follow-up album That's the Spirit debuted at No. 2 in 2015, also in the 2010s. A metal style called DJENT developed as a spin-off of standard progressive metal. The gen music uses rhythmic and technical complexity, heavily distorted palm-muted guitar chords, syncopated riffs and polyrhythms alongside virtuoso soloing. Another typical characteristic is the use of extended range 7, 8 and 9 string guitars. The gen bands include periphery, tesseract and textures. That's a summary that, that we can give about heavy metal genre. We apologize if there are deficiencies or mistakes in the words we say. Don't forget to follow and share with your friends if we are here. Thank you and see you in the next episode.